When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Brighton Rock, an Albion podcast, which has reached the quarter century mark already, having started at the beginning of the year. We've had a number of guests on, and today it's my great pleasure to introduce somebody who you may have heard briefly on one other podcast, but I'm getting him in in his own right uh, to have a proper chat with him in full detail. It's Mr. Amir Jafari. Hello, Amir. How are you doing, man? Good, good, Russ. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Excellent. It's great to hear your voice again. Um, how are things in the States? All right? They're, you know, they're going as good as they can. Um, obviously, the majority of our country here in America is uh, under a stay-at-home order. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's getting pretty ugly out there. Our cases are, uh, are, are spiking. Um, our Surgeon General this week has predicted a, a bad week ahead for us. So all we can do is hope that everyone does the right thing and, uh, and just mm. hope we don't get it. You know, it's, it's scary times for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we'll, we'll chat a bit more about that, actually, as we get into the, uh, the bulk of the pod. But um, first of all, just taking things back to the beginning, I wanted to uh, just paint the picture of the back, your background first before we get on to matters of a football nature. Um, so you're just just to mention first, you're um, of Iranian descent, aren't you? Yes, yes, yes. I was actually born in Iran. Um, oh, my, yeah. Uh, yeah, we moved to the States when I was one. My father yeah. was in uh, turquoise trading, the, 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 the gemstone. And oh, yeah. um, he, was, he would travel to Singapore, Israel, and then a little town called Kingman, Arizona. And then one summer, he brought my mom with, her, uh, with him before any of us of his children were born. And um, she loved it. And then, when the, and then when I was born in 1985, um, it was during the Iran-Iraq war. And you know, things were pretty ugly. Um, so my, my dad was going back and forth so much. Uh, my mom's like, let's just go. So we, uh, that's kind of how we ended up in uh, Arizona, which was at the time in 1985 was not a place anyone really went to. It wasn't very populated. It was really hot. Mm. And, uh, but my mom loved it. She hated cold weather. So I grew up in, um, in Arizona. And then um, I uh, did my dental school training in Kentucky in a town called Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and then I, uh, then I met my girlfriend who's now my wife and that's what brought me here to Denver, Colorado. And that's where I've been for the last three years. 
Yeah, it's a nice one. Brilliant. Yeah. So, so it's three years you've been there. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, so um, how have you found that? Because that is colder, isn't it? Like oh my God! Yeah, it's. Uh, it, you know, obviously in Arizona, it, it never snows. <laughs> um, Christmas time, I could still wear shorts and sandals. It doesn't get that cold there, you know. Um, yeah. It was a huge adjustment. I mean, you know, shoveling snow off my car, scraping ice off my window. These are things that I've never done my entire adult life. You know? mm. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it was a big adjustment. Real. But I love it. I love the snow. I think it's beautiful. It, it really hasn't bothered me. I've been here three years, partly because in Colorado, like I was telling you, like, it snows one day and then it's sunny and warm the next day. So it all melts. So it's never like consistently cold. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Which is <laughs> good. Yeah. And what do you do for Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff like that? Do you, cause your family is still in Arizona. Oh yeah. Time. So yeah. yeah, my, my family's still in Arizona. And obviously now that I'm married, the way we, the way we do it is we celebrate uh, Christmas day here in, in Colorado with my wife's family. And then, about a day or two later, we go home and we celebrate uh, a late Christmas with my family. And we always celebrate New Year's in Arizona as well, because there's really no better place to be for New Year's yeah. than Arizona, because the weather's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play. So I bet you love going back there when you can, yeah. That's, oh, absolutely. That's... I love it. <laughs> um, and then on the matter of sports, obviously, being an American, you've... Uh, American citizen, you've you've must have got into your American sports first of all. So what what first tickled your fancy? What what kind of things were you into? Oh yeah, um, I, growing up as a kid, my passion was the NBA. I loved basketball. Um, I obviously played it every day. You know, played it in middle school, played on my high school team. Um, I was too short to play in college. wasn't good enough, but that was my dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I grew up a diehard basketball fan. And then I grew an affinity for American football, more specifically college football. Now I know college sports aren't very popular in England, but here it's a really big deal. Um, and uh, so I love college football. I'm a big fan of Arizona state where I did my uh, undergraduate, my college years. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that, those are my two favorite sports kind of growing up. I had like a soft affinity for, you know, NHL. I would go to games with my friends, but I wasn't like a fan. I wouldn't watch every game. It, hockey games were just fun to go to. Mm. Um, but uh, and then obviously my my soccer fandom, I, 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 you know, I followed obviously every World Cup. Um, I would always cheer for, you know, Iran or the United States uh, when they were in it. Um, 1998 was kind of special because that was the first time Iran played the United States in a World Cup game. So yeah. I, was, I was actually in Iran for that match. So that was a crazy night. You know, we ended up winning, but um, that was a, a cool experience to, to be there for that. Um, now, I wish I was in Lyon, France that night, but I, you know, I couldn't. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of, you know, I never followed any individual leagues, the Bundesliga, La Liga, obviously the Premier League. I didn't, you know, I, all I really watched were the major international competitions pretty much all my adult life until just recently, you know? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just going back to the Iran thing, I mean, that, I mean they are mad for football, aren't they, over there? Um, oh, as I understand. Absolutely. They, they, are, they are, you know, the, the, the passion was kind of what drawed me to soccer. They, they loved it so much. And, and that's why I started watching all their games. And, you know, when you watch Iran play, you know, Asian Cup games or friendlies, it's usually like 3, 4, 5 a.m. my time. It's really early. Um, but I still get on and I, I usually I get a pretty crappy stream. But <laughs> um, every once in a while when they play in a big tournament like the Asian Cup, you know, it'll be HD quality, which is nice. But 
Um, no, it's been yeah. fun, but you know, right now it's tough times for, for the national team in Iran. You know, we, we had a good about nine year stretch with Carlos Carroche, who's now the head coach of the Colombian national team. Um, yeah. he was the first one to ever take us to two back-to-back world cups, which I know to most teams in Europe, that's nothing. But for a team like us, that was a big deal, big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And to see the drop off, I mean, the, they hired a, um, a Dutch coach who I have, I've already forgotten his name cause I hate the man so much. Mark Wilmont, I believe is his name. And oh, yeah, yeah. it was a disaster. It was a disaster. The players, just there was a lot of mutiny. We were losing matches to teams that we had never lost to. So he, got, he quickly got sacked. Um, and then I believe they just recently hired a new manager. But unfortunately, I think it might be too little too late in World Cup qualification just because the couple games with Wilmot's really set us back. So um, that was tough to see because we have good players. We have really good players. Um, obviously well, with, with Jahan Bash and with Sardar Azmoun and we, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I hope they can still turn it around. We're not officially out, but, uh, it's looking glim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, Wilmot, I think he, he's a guy, um, I think was the Belgian manager, wasn't he? Before? Yes. Yes. Belgium. So yes. It's pretty much a case of history repeating itself because uh, I mean, they've got a pretty talented squad and they were seen to be underachieving on a big scale as well. So oh, it definitely it was sounds so like you had a so bum deal there. <laughs> oh, man. That's a shame. Well, I hope they can get back on track because it's it's always good to see them in there. Right? I think it was always yeah. an interesting scenario when they, especially when they played the states in that World Cup match, as you mentioned earlier. Um, I still think we could have watched won that game. If you rewatch that game, there was about a shot, but in the ninety third minute, or even against yeah, Portugal, remember, we could have yeah. won. And if only that ball went to Jahanbash or Azmoun, we would have won that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that, that's it. It's on small things, as uh, Tim Vickery, the famous South American expert always says uh, football is a matter of moments and no matter Absolutely. how well or badly you play, if you just make it count in those key moments, even if it's just one moment you have in a, in a match. <laughs> um, <Yep>. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's down to small details sometimes. And um, yeah, on another time, that could be it. But you'll have your moment. I'm sure you'll, you'll have some, some memories to cherish in the future, I'm sure, on the international. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so clearly you got into football in, through the international um, scene, first of all, then following your country, well, country of your birth, and then um, and the states as well, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. When did when did the Premier League or club football in general then take your interest particularly? Because that's obviously come later, hasn't it? Yes, your, yes. It, it, it actually was kind of a cool story how it came about. So, um, you know, I'm a dentist. I work at a community health center in Denver. And uh, we have um, residents that rotate through. I don't know if they go by the same term in the UK, but it's pretty much someone who went to dental or medical school and gets extra training. So we have a resident always rotating through my clinic. And one of them was a guy from Belize, and he was a diehard Premier League fan. He followed Chelsea. And so he would always talk about it. He'd always say, well, you got to get into it. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, and then obviously he was like, you should cheer for Chelsea. But if you know my background, I mean, I, I you know, in the NFL, I cheer for the Arizona Cardinals, who are one of the worst teams. I cheer for the, <laughs> I cheer for the Phoenix Suns in the NBA, who were the worst team in the NBA for about four years. So I was like, no, no, I'm not going to just jump on a bandwagon because the team's good. I'm, I want to like take my time and, you know, learn about the different clubs. And then so I, uh, I remember I took a test. It was a really stupid, like, you know, which Premier League team should you cheer for? I forgot. Oh, yeah. who, I I got. I think I got Swansea, who who went down and before you know the start of the 2018 uh, season. So I'm like, oh well, I can't cheer for them. They're gone already. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I got. It was some team that wasn't in the Premier League. They had gone down, 
And then that right about that time is when uh, Jahan Bash was being recruited by uh, multiple clubs. So I just kept my eye on, okay, whoever he goes to, that's what I'm going to cheer for. Um, uh-huh. And then one thing led to another, and he, you know, because he signed with Brighton, and and uh, and this was about probably a month or two before our, the season started in um, in 2018. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm done. So I went, on, you know, I went on the club's website, got me a kit, and. Um, and uh, just started following, and uh, and it it became so fun because I got to number one. I, well, I mean, I met you through it. I met Josh through it. Um, I I met a lot of Americans uh, that you know there was a pretty pretty solid uh, American fan base here, um, all through Twitter, obviously. And then I just you know I here in America, I feel bad for you guys in England because here we can buy every they sell Premier League packages on TV where I can get every game in the entire season for like. 50 bucks us which was a which is a steal from, from what i hear in england you know yeah um, so i got good. that and i uh, was able to watch every single game and uh um it was fun i mean my first game obviously was that watford game we lost 2-0 and then uh i believe the next one was where we beat united 3-2 that was a great that was a great start to my fandom you know that's not bad <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah. fantastic yeah what so when you would you say 50 bucks for the whole is that for every Premier League game or every game for a particular club? I say every no, game. it's uh, it's so every Saturday, obviously, anytime there's games, obviously, mostly Saturdays and Sundays, the occasional Friday, we have a channel called the NBC Sports Network, um, yeah. that will show always, it will always show two games on Saturday to everyone on national TV. And then always a game on Sun, two games on Sunday to national TV. But obviously, there's more than that. So when you buy the package, you get you get you pretty much get every game that's not televised mm-hmm. uh, for the entire year. Which you know, Brighton does get nationally televised every now and then, but it's not all the time. So uh, so for me, I, you know, and I, and I like to watch the other games, especially when we're like in a regular you know, relegation battle, and I want to see how Watford's doing or how Newcastle's doing or uh, how Norwich is doing. So it's fun to watch the other teams play as well. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's good. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it sounds a good deal. As you said, it's really good to be able to catch as much as you want and mm-hmm. really to feel you can engage because it's easy to get or to feel detached, isn't it? If you don't really have enough interaction yeah. week week in terms of seeing the actual team play, so yep. that's that's good. Yeah, and in terms of um, fans, you're saying about um, Albion fans in the states. So we're talking presumably more um, expats have moved over there rather than um, yeah. American fans, are we? Or what, what's the proportions from people you've met? Um, well, there, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, expats here. There's no, there's no yeah. denying that. But actually, a lot of the guys that I uh, talk to on Twitter and uh, have, you know, WhatsApp chat, they're, they're, they're Americans. They're, they have no tie to England. Um, there's, a, mm. you know, a big, a big following in New York City. Um, they're, you know, Baltimore. Um, there's a guy in Chicago. Uh, he, he goes by Chicago Seagulls on Twitter. His name is Ben. And when I went there for work, I went there three times last year for work, and we were able to catch up and watch matches together. That was really good. Oh, um, yeah, in Denver, there's there's a couple. Of, I've had a couple expats reach out to me on Twitter, um, but we just haven't been able to get together. Well, now we can't get together, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it's surprising. I mean, obviously we're not the we're obviously we're not the biggest following in America. I mean, that's always going to be the big six that have the biggest support. Um, but there's definitely, you know, it's, it's growing. And, you know, the, the longer we can stay in the Premier League, the more it can grow here. And um, I think it's great because pretty much everyone that I know that 
is an Albion fan, it's an American, have all been to the Amex multiple times. Mm. Um, so I think it's great. Um, and we'll get, we'll get into my story a little bit later. But um, no, it, it's, it's definitely grown. It's fun. It's become like a community um, for us uh, on social media. Uh, but no, I look forward to it growing, you know, and, it ha and hopefully it starts with us, um, hopefully them canceling the season and us staying in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm 48, so I can, I'm just about old enough to remember. In fact, my first four years supporting the club were the first four years in the top flight, 79 to 83. Yeah. But for a whole generation of people, they haven't been to uh, the top flight before until this recent period. So as well as the excitement and the thrill and obviously all the other stuff that goes with it, from our point of view over here, um, there's there's this extra element now in the modern era with all the media uh, and and with this globalised support base, which is really eye-opening to us. I'm still getting over it a little bit now, um, trying to trying to let it sink in. The fact that you've got fans who have done what you've done, basically, you've you've found whatever means to attach yourself to a club, and now you're fully into it, which is great. Um, but it's um it's it's a completely new concept for us. It's always been a case of Pretty much Albion fans would be people from the area, either still living in the area or who've moved somewhere else in the UK. And you'd have a few fans abroad scattered here and there you'd hear about. Um, but that would be it. Um, the expats, as we mentioned. But to actually get um, born and bred um, you, you know, Americans or, or thereabouts, in your case, <laughs> um, you know, who have uh, who have just gone on to support the club. I think it's great. I mean, some people might moan and think, oh, it's people just tagging along. But, you know, we're not a very big club in the grander scheme of things. As you said, we're not one of the big six. So I think it's a good thing to have this interesting link that's come up out of the blue. And I, I think we're all the richer for it in terms of, um, you know, just, just a greater expanse of interest. Um, yeah. I think it's all good. Superb. So <laughs> uh, have you met that guy um, who came on to... I think he was, was on Twitter, I think, doing songs about the Albion. I think he ruffled a few feathers, didn't he? Um, oh, yeah. I've actually, so um, his name is Andy Bahania. He's uh, really nice. I actually met him. He He's a big, big, passionate follower of uh, the New York City Football Club and the MLS. Uh, yeah, and yeah. they um, they came to Colorado to play the Rapids, which, yeah. uh, a quick side note, I, I ne I've never followed the MLS, but I said, you know what? I'm going to support my local club. I'm going to follow the Rapids this year. And they were terrible last year i said you know what forget it <laughs> and they started off this year with two wins against two good teams and the season got suspended my luck of oh, course. oh no but anyway so so andy reached out to me when he was coming here for that game and i said absolutely you know i mean i would love to meet any other albion fans and uh we went to the match together we had a great time uh super nice guy uh um obviously yeah. very passionate for the albion and uh, i think that's great and yeah you know um you know, his songs are fun. You know, I don't think he, he you know, after I met him personally, he's a good guy. Um, he's just having fun with it. And of course, it might offend some people, but don't listen to it if it offends you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just thought it was quite funny. I, I guess it's a bit, bits of it may be cringy, but I think it's good fun. And he, he came on Josh's podcast, didn't he? And uh, yeah. he was saying how he, he picked Albion because um, <coughs> one of his ex-girlfriends was a Palace fan or something. Yeah. I know it's it's a pretty it's a pretty great story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, that is a good reason to support a club, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and like you know, I don't question his fanhood. He is uh, he is as dedicated as they come to uh, 
the club and to um, to Gaytan Bong, of course. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what's he going to do now? <laughs> I don't know. I know. Yeah, he, you know, he's still he's still a definitely an Albion supporter, and um, you know, we all have our favorite players, and uh, um, yeah. it is what it is, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you said uh, you said that if. Um, and Razor were to leave at any point, that wouldn't make any bearing at all on your. No, no, here. I'm uh, after and you know, and I'm excited to talk about my trip with you here pretty soon. But after that yeah. trip and after just meeting all the Albion fans and just, uh, you know, um, how we were treated there when I was there. You know, there's no um, there's no going back for me. You know, I'm definitely yeah. I love the club. I love what it stands for. I love the inclusivity. I love the. I love the, how they were, the, you know, one of the first clubs to, you know, pay their employees. It's just a first-class club, and uh, um, I'm with it through the thick and thin. You know, I even texted you. I said, well, if they go to the championship, maybe tickets will be cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> There's always an upside, silver lining and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's it. We, we do do a lot of stuff the right way now. And, I mean, we've had our problems in the past, and I'm, I'm sure you've read up on the history and how things were pretty problematic under previous yeah. owners. Um, a whole long, colourful history that we've had. But nowadays, we all run well, and we're pretty proud of what we do. There's been a lot of good initiatives and gestures out there. And, um, and you know, as I said, it's, it's great to have a, a wider fan base in general within the city and within the county, but also, as I said, abroad as well. So you're very welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed your uh, your stay. So mm -hmm. let's get into that, shall we, then? So, so I mean, we, we were put in touch with each other through Josh of, of the other podcast fame. Um, he mentioned to me that he had um, a guy he's in touch with on Twitter who was coming over for a match, and would we be able to uh, hook up with him and uh, yeah, just get it, get him into a pub or two and have a drink and that sort of thing? I said, great, sounds good, and that's pretty much how we uh, got in touch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was great. Like uh, you know, Josh really uh, hooked it up, and uh, um, you know, it was funny when when we when my wife and I decided we were going to go to London, and obviously we wanted to go to London for because you know for what it is, what the city is and how beautiful it is and all the things that do there. Um, yeah. And then when I told her, I was, and she knew right away, she's like, you're going to, go, but she's like, we can go to a Brighton game. She knows how much I love it. And, and I was like, sweet. And then, um, and then when I, you know, I, I wasn't familiar with the ticket process because it's, it's really different, uh, the Premier League compared to getting tickets just in the U.S. So I remember I was in touch with you and Josh about it. And um, I ended up getting hospitality tickets, which at the time I was like, dang it, I'm not going to be able to sit by Russ. And, um, yeah. but that was great. So, um, you know, we, obviously we, everything went well, we flew over and I'll never forget it. When we were flying, we took a British air flight from Denver to London and I was sitting by a guy and I was telling him, you know, the, why I was going to England to support Brighton. And he's like, you're flying all the way to England to watch Brighton play. He was an Arsenal fan. And he's like, he's like, he goes, Oh man, hell's free. He's, I think we were both drinking and he said, Oh man, hell must've frozen over. I never thought I'd sit next to someone that wasn't from Sussex wanting to go to a Brighton game. Um, but one thing led to another, we flew over and uh, you know, you and I met up and that was, that was so much fun. And I got to meet your beautiful wife and um, we had a great time together. And um just everything about it, like going to Lewis before the match and meeting the gang and, um, yeah. you know, and then I remember like we went to the, we went to the gift shop, which I, you know, I feel I should be buying stock in the gift shop because how much money I put in there. Um, and I wanted my, um, you know, so I got a Jahan Bosch jersey and, uh, um, yeah, and then we went, we, we went up to the hospitality and I, I was walking up and they like already knew who I was like, Oh, Mr. Jafari. And, 
uh, we checked in. They when they when you check in, they give you a glass of champagne, and you know it's all you can drink. And um, and the food was like first, it was so good. I mean, usually, you know, stadium food in America is not really good. <laughs> oh, right. okay. oh. <laughs> and it was a first class meal, and um, I was so excited. And obviously, I was you know filling the drinks a little bit, and you know the waiters would always come check on you. And I told them I was like, you know, I really really want to meet Ali Reza. So the waitress sent some guy over and I forgot his name, but he actually was the same person who teaches a lot of the foreign players that come to England for Brighton to drive. Um, so he's like, oh, oh right. yeah. he's like, I was Ali Reza's instructor. And um, is he an ex-player, do you know? Yeah. And he was like, oh, uh, yeah, let me let me go talk to he's like, let me go talk to some people. I'm sorry. Probably Bob Booker. Is it Bob Booker? Do you know? I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, he used and, to be uh, assistant manager when we had a guy called Mickey Adams managing the club. Uh, and, um, he's he's I think he's from originally from the Watford area, but he's been in Sussex for a long time since those days. He's he's been um, he was an ex player for Sheffield United actually, amongst yeah. others. Um, he's been an assistant manager a few places, but he's uh, he's yeah he's based in Sussex now. And uh, I heard he's a driving instructor, which is the same. Uh, career I have at the moment as well. Well, I do when there's no lockdowns like this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so you met Bob Booker. He's a character. yeah, it was it was great. And I actually want to preface that. So before we went on our trip, I emailed the club, and I just asked them. It was some generic email, and I I told them who I was, why I was coming, and if there was any way I could meet Ali Reza. And they wrote me back a really nice email, and they said, okay, ask when you come when you're in hospitality, and we'll see what we can do. Um, yeah, uh, and and uh, and uh, so we when I got to the stadium, they had a a plaque on my seat with which showed like how many miles I traveled to the game and a couple of free scarves. It was really well done. Oh, and, you know, it was it was. And if it, if you if any of your listeners go on my Twitter at Mile High Seagull Seagull is singular, um, and go to my media, you can see I posted a lot of pictures of that trip. But anyways, uh, long story short, it was this, the Southampton match last year. We lost one nil. Um, it's kind of a bummer of a match, but it didn't it didn't damper my parade. I had a great time. And what turned out to be the best was the I was in the Goldstone restaurant. That's where my hospitality was. And that's also where the uh, players post game room is where they go and they meet with their families and they have a meal before they go home. So all the right. players had to walk through where I was to go to this room where they had their post game meals. <clears throat> all of them were great. I mean, I took a pictures with a bunch of them and. Obviously, Ali Reza came up and, you know, we, we talked for a while and he was very nice and talked to my wife and I. And um, it was kind of funny because when he when he first came up to him, I spoke to him in Farsi because I didn't know how well his English was. But my God, it's great. You yeah. know, and um, and the first thing he said to me in Farsi was, I, um, I apologize for my performance today and that you traveled so far and you couldn't see a win. I'm like, who is this guy? Who am I for him to say that to? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, oh, and, 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 you know, and he had a tough going and it was a hard first 18 months for him. You know, he struggled big time. And uh, it was hard for me to see because I feel like I knew what his potential was because I followed him for so long. Mm. Yeah. And, th and that's what makes this this uh, virus thing even more crushing because he was on his way. He was doing so much better. And I hope yeah. his um, mm. his uh, momentum isn't slowed down. But anyways. You know, afterwards, we went back into Brighton with you and Allison and some of the other friends. And um, it was just such a great trip. And, you know, I, I can't wait to come back. I hope, you know, I hope next year, you know, I don't know how long this will last, but we will be going back. 
Um, and I, I can't wait for it. It was a, it was a once in a lifetime trip. It, it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah, well, we really enjoyed it as well. I mean, I should explain as well. We did, because I live in London, we met up in London when you were in that stage of the trip before you came down to Brighton as well, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. I think we met on the Thursday night, wasn't it? I think before. Yeah, we went to Brick, we went to Brick Lane and had a hell of a meal. Yeah, went for a curry. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic, <laughs> traditional British, mm. <laughs> sort of, but it kind of is. <laughs> but um, that was good. That was really good food, actually. That wasn't it? Um, oh my god, it was delicious. And Anna and I still talk about it. I'm like, I'm like, I hope Russell remembers where we ate. So when we go back, we go to the same place again. <laughs> oh, there's so many others as well. Though. There's so many places you could go. Um, that's the that's the beauty of London. There's uh, there's an endless supply of good places to go out and eat. And um, Brighton's not too bad itself now as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, we had we had a fair few beers as well. And good to see you packing the, the beers in. That's a very English football tradition. That one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, it was. And, uh, uh, yeah, as fun. I said, we went to Lewis pre uh, pre match. You had to. I think we got down there early because you you had to go fairly early because of the corporate thing, didn't you? But we yeah. had time for a quick beer or two. And then obviously afterwards, and uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a good time. Absolutely loved it. Both uh, you and your wife, good to meet as well. My wife says hello, by the way. Uh, Thank you, hello, Johnny. <laughs> and and as, as you said, it'd be good to get another one in. So whenever you get the chance to come over, got to go for it. I know you said you had to forego it this year because you had to take your little one for um, a Disney trip, which subsequently had to get cancelled anyway because of the virus, didn't it? Yeah, it was unfortunate. I mean, that was the thing is, you know, we promised her because I wanted to go to England again. And we promised her last year we'd go to Disney World. And I had never been. And um, and man, I don't know if you know this, but Disney going going to Orlando for Disney World was going to cost us way more than going to England. As crazy as that sounds. Um, <laughs> but luckily, we, we got a full refund. We got all of our money back. So, you know, I told her we'll go. You know, Disney World ain't going anywhere. You know, we're going to yeah. go again one day. And uh I'm I'm really trying to talk her into uh, trying to go to the Harry Potter world in in England, you know, instead. <laughs> the, the studios, you know. I wonder why. <laughs> she's but, a big um, time, isn't she? I remember you said. So yes, at least there's, yeah. a, there's a good hook in there. So well, maybe you could do both with the uh, you know last year's budget followed by this year's budget. You can say to them next year, maybe. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I also remember. Be. I remember when we were in Sussex, we went to. Uh, what was that? I think it was, was it called Burger Brothers? The one place you recommended? It was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really interested to hear what your views on that because Burger Brothers in Brighton is fantastic. It's Well, I'll give you a funny burger. story. So when I went there in America, you know, any burger joint you go to, it always comes with French fries. And then when I, I asked the guy after, I'm like, oh, does it come with French fries? And he's like, no, sorry, that's an American <laughs> thing. I'm like, oh, dang it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big, that's the clinching difference, that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was curious to know how you how you find the burgers. And, I mean, if anybody's going to rate a burger, well, it's going to be someone from stateside. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you like them. But, um, yeah, we. I, I think I went for the Benetton when I went there last time, which is yeah. particularly brilliant. Um, but, yeah, that was thumbs up. And you did spend copious amounts in the shop, didn't you? I did. And it was actually great because the, the Ali Reza jersey that I that I got ended up getting signed by him. And for a birthday present, my wife uh, framed it for me. Um, that's on the, the Twitter. But it, it, it was a it was nice. great. You know, I never got to wear it, but that's OK. You know, and um, uh, it was uh, it was a, just a little token in my basement now to always remember that trip. And uh, um, and the other thing I wanted to say is, I mean, when I was there, like I was I was tweeting a lot. 
And um, and I obviously went to the uh, the Caxton Arms, where who the owner is a big big Albion fan, and I got to meet yeah, him. Brett, and, uh, Brett Mendoza, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah great great guy, great guy. Um, yeah. And then uh, it's just it, it it was just it was just beautiful, and it was great to to see like and that's another reason why I love the club was to see how um, welcoming everybody was there. I mean, we were we were treated so well by everyone, and. Uh, um, yeah. I loved it, you know, and, and it's easy to look at a fan and say, oh, you know, he's just a new American fan because we're in the Premier League. And I get that, you know, the, mm. the, the plastic term and everything. And that's fine. And I can only prove I can only prove that wrong by being a fan for as long as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I didn't get any of that there. I mean, everybody was so nice. And even at the stadium, like, you know, the people we were sitting by and um, were all so great and. Just uh, I think one of my favorite things was because here in America, the any sporting event you go to, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, um, after the third period, they stop selling alcohol. And I remember after the game, you're like, let's meet up in the concourse for beers. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually really enjoyed that. And uh, uh, it was fun. And then and the, the next day I did the club tour. Now, I don't know if you've ever done it before, Russ, but it's it, it's great. Um you get to go yeah, and walk around. version of it, but not not the not the full one, um, which which it, I think you did. Yeah, yeah, highly recommend it for anyone, or even in England, to do it because you get to go on the field, you get to go in the locker room, you get to go into um, Tony Bloom's uh, seating area, the executive seating area. Um, you get to you know, and then obviously the I thought the museum they have that little small museum inside the stadium that I thought was really cool, especially for me because you guys lived it you know, with Dean and Goldstone and everything. I didn't. I, I, that's for me. I can only read about it. You guys went to those games. Um, but just to see it and like uh, kind of see where this club came from, it's um, it's quite the story. You know, I, I, was, I, I was always hoping they would, you know, how Netflix is making that show on Sunderland. I was like, man, I wish they made a Brighton one, you know, <laughs> it'd be a good yeah, story. Well, to you know, exactly. I mean, I've always thought, I, I think it's because it goes under the radar. It's not seen as one of the biggest clubs. So I think yeah. it somehow just doesn't get the, um, attention it could do because of the story <coughs> really you you could have a whole series on that documenting the historical um the chronology of what happens from i suppose with a bit of background but mainly from the 90s onwards um that in itself is a story in the three quarters that one it really is i mean uh-huh. for, uh, even to get with Dean, the temporary stadium took one hell of a battle uh, with local residents and various other aspects um just to get in there on a temporary basis was a big deal. I was that, that did cost a lot of time and money just to get there. And I remember there was a big feel good factor actually when we finally got um, a friendly against Nottingham Forest, our first home game there, which was a pre season friendly. And uh, it was a nice sunny day, which was something that wasn't very typical at the Wood team. It always seemed to rain there. But um, that first game was in the sun. It was, it was a real feel good fit factor. We had quite a nice new cool kit and all that sort of thing. And some good hopes for what was going to happen on the pitch. So, yeah. And that was a battle. Um, you can imagine in comparison what the Amex was like when we finally got approval for that. Yeah. Because um, that took so long. I think it's the longest stadium application um, period um, in European history in terms of the amount of time it took from its initial inception of as a concept to, to getting realised and moving in. I think it's the longest in European history. Absolutely wow. Crazy. So they should, they should do a, a film. If there's any budding filmmakers out there, Get on it. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I hear you. That is interesting, but uh, I mean, that, that would be something else, I think. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you got Build a Bonfire? Have you ever read that? Yeah. So I, um, I actually read it uh, 
I didn't start reading it till till after my trip. I had bought it during the trip, but I but I um I didn't get to obviously read it at all during the trip. Um, yeah. And but uh, no, I was able to read it just because I I think I, I don't remember if it was you or Josh that recommended. I don't want to give, but I because uh, I think Josh uh, was talking about it. He had like, yeah. and then I text, I sent him a message on Twitter. I'm like, hey, what do you, what book are you talking about, man? And then he yeah. uh, he told he told me what it was and. Uh, I mean, I, it's definitely a must-read for well for any Albion fan, but it's actually great for us new ones too because it really gives us a perspective of a how how close the club was to being extinct. I mean, to be honest, you know, to, yeah. uh, to and uh, and where they've come from. It's that's why I'm, it's a beautiful story. I think I thought if Netflix got a hold of that book, they can make a hell of a documentary. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I mean, it does add color and flavor to when you're looking to get into a team. You know, yeah. to have, have all those detailed elements in the yeah. past, I think really just adds into it, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully we can get back to matters on the pitch soon. Obviously, the situation with COVID is pretty grim at the moment. Um, you've mentioned a little bit about it, but could you tell us a bit more about the um, situation in the States at the moment with regard to what's going on, how the story's unfolded so far there, and and what your sort of, what your personal experiences as well yeah you know it's um obviously i I, i'm a dentist that works in the um the community health center here in america now i mean what a community health center is it's it's public health so we see a lot of uh patients who are on uh, government insurance who don't have the means to you know own their own private insurance i'm sure there's something similar in the uk um so we we've been instructed to stay open um just because we don't want because I work for a hospital that actually has the most cases in our state. Um, I don't work in the physical hospital. It's a separate building. But the, the main reason why they wanted us to stay open is they don't want any people going into the emergency rooms with dental emergencies because they don't want those doctors dealing with that. And that should be us. You know, we should be taking care of it. Um, so that's our, you know, that's how I can contribute to to, to my country um, in, in the, the battle against COVID-19. But it, it's scary. I mean, um, we've never seen anything like this in, in my my lifetime. Um, and, you know, it's even when we go to the stores now with my daughter, you know, we see all the empty shelves. I tell her, I'm like, You're, you probably will never see something like this again. I hope she doesn't in her lifetime. Um, but it's scary. You know, we're, we're obviously leading the world in cases. I mean, we're at 312,000 and the death rate is climbing by the minute. Um, my yeah. heart aches for, for New York City because New York City is just getting... I hate to use this word, but slaughtered. I mean, it's just, it, you, you see pictures and you read stories and it's just, it's heartbreaking what's happening in New York City, um, not only to the people that have it, but to the people that are fighting it, the frontline people. Um, but yeah, I, I won't get too political on this show, but, you know, um, I, you know I, I wish we would have heed the warnings back in January and February. We didn't. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. our country is paying the price now, you know, and uh, um I don't, I don't see when this ends. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Um, and then pretty much the talk here is uh, there I, pretty much, I don't see how the NBA continues this season. I think it's over. Um, I think there won't be an NBA playoffs. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, I, I know we chatted about two weeks ago about the Premier League, but I'm starting to lose hope. I, I'm thinking I, I don't see any scenario where they play games, you know, even with no fans. Yeah, it's getting difficult to, to envisage it being possible now, isn't it? Because time's dragging on. I mean, if you can see the end of the road, it's one thing. But when you don't know where the end of the road is, that in itself is a difficulty when you're trying to 
um, extend the season and make announcements and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, in the initial reaching a, a discernible peak and then seeing a noticeable drop off on a consistent basis, you can't really plan anything. And with neither, neither country that we're sitting talking in at the moment has reached that stage at the moment. I do fear for the US. It seems like they're on the longer range storyline here. Um, yeah. We may be about to reach our peak, possibly, but who knows exactly if there's if it is just a simple case of then it drops off and it calms down. It may there may be a second wave. We don't really know. Um, there's so many elements to it which make it difficult to judge and decide what possibly could go on from here. But yeah, the longer it goes on, the more you think maybe it won't happen for this year's season to continue. Um, Unless they do something which a couple of people have suggested, and I wouldn't necessarily be against the idea myself, which is to just finish the season whenever, because this is all gone out of sync anyway now. Um, yeah. For example, this carries on till October, and we couldn't start till feasibly till December, for example. Um, maybe it's just worth having a slightly longer break, um, resuming this season um, more or less a Canada year later, or the best part of a Canada year later and then have a, another longer summer break or something like that, and then effectively just write off next season, which hasn't started yet, rather than this season, which has. Because it seems like it would harm the integrity of the tournament or the various competitions if you don't finish a season. Um, it's a bit of a radical idea, um, but it's one that maybe just could work. Um, the issues, of course, will be to do with contracting in terms of TV companies, players, all that. There's, there's a minefield, whatever we do, isn't there? Um, which mm -hmm. is the main problem. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, you, you feel bad because you know when 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 there was talks of like possibly canceling the season, which you know, then you feel bad for um, the teams in the championship that are looking forward to promotion. And then, you know, then you, you know, I like your idea better. I mean, I, I do think this will extend through the summer and you know finish this season and don't even have a 2020-21 season until. This one's over, but it's hard because none of us can predict. I mean, um, a week ago, I, I thought, okay, well, there's no way that college football and the NFL will be affected. That starts in September. But then you have the governor of California saying he doesn't see a scenario where there's going to be football, American football, in the fall. And uh, I'm like, man, like, you know, when, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough scenario and it's, it's, it sucks for all of us. You know, we're all, we're all passionate about sports and to have really nothing on. Uh, <laughs> has been hard, um, but I don't know what the answer is. And uh, I just, you know, when it does come back, it's going to be 10 times sweeter, us. Yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing we've got to keep in our minds, isn't it, and keep ourselves cheered up with. Because um, yeah. the paradox is, with all this extra time in your hands, there isn't any sport to fill it. That's the time you probably want the sport, isn't it? That's yeah. the paradox. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, the football climate in general at the moment, I'm, I don't know if you've been following much of what's going on with the Premier League news over here, but there's been a whole series of announcements and delays and all that sort of stuff going on. The main debate going on at the moment is about this furloughing thing. I don't know if you... Do you have the same expression in the States? I'm not sure yes, yes, we do. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, that's, yeah. that's obviously one thing I always personally worry about, but I, I let it go because... But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely when, you know, it's... Uh, you're getting sent home without pay. You're not getting fired. You're, you're still technically employed, but you're just not getting paid and you're at home. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. And then you are, but not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. The essential yes. basis of it. And the, the scheme they've got here is for an 80% proposal from the government. And then in most cases where clubs have been um, enacting that 
they've they've said that they're going to um, to meet the other twenty percent. But the issue is, there's been a big debate about whether football clubs should be doing that at all. Particularly, well, not smaller clubs, but the uh, at the top end, the Premier League, with all the money that's swishing around. But should they be doing that at all? Because they've got the means and resources to absorb the financial blow and possibly to uh, to get back on track in the in the medium term. Um, whether they should be using the government scheme because the government scheme is essentially there to help ordinary everyday people. Um, now, obviously, the people being furloughed generally are not the players. It is the non-playing staff. So they are on what you might call more normal wages. But nonetheless, they're within a big company, a rich organisation or within a rich industry. Um, maybe not in the exact here and now, but in the longer term. So so they've come in for a lot of criticism. Um, Tottenham, West Ham were the first to do it. Norwich and Bournemouth, who are smaller clubs, but in the Premier League, followed suit. And the big fuss was yesterday. Liverpool have now joined in as well with that. So um, they're coming in for a lot of criticism because they're seen as a club that makes a lot of money and should be able to subsidise in full the wages of non-playing staff. So, so it's a big issue over here at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's causing a lot of contentiousness between the various bodies. Um, since I recorded the last podcast, which was only yesterday with Peter, there's um, there was a debate going on that day between the PFA, which is the Players' Union, uh, which pretty much everyone's members of, I think, um, between the players and their representatives and between the clubs and their representatives on the proposal of a 30% wage cut across the board. Well, since that podcast yesterday, um, the initial um, reaction to that is that they've, they've said no to the 30%, but they are looking to then negotiate from there. So it sounds like a smaller figure than 30% is going to be the agreed amount, which, I don't know, it's, isn't great. I think that 30%, I think, would, would be about right, in my own personal opinion. Um, but we'll see what they come up with in the end. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a hot topic, and it's, it's going on, I think, for some time, that, that debate alone. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Um, in terms of the Albion, um, finally, obviously it, it depends when we start a little bit and it depends on which format is taken, whether the season has to continue or not. If it does continue, how do you see our chances and, and how do you think the season's gone so far as well, actually, Emmett? Well, you know, uh, we we started off good. <laughs> um, you know, right before the, the, the play suspended, you know, we were on a pretty bad stretch. I mean, we uh, just weren't getting results. We weren't scoring goals. And um, it was really frustrating, you know, as uh, just because, you know, we had a stretch of games, that, that stretch where we, you know, were playing teams that were in the bottom six. And, you know, we didn't get a single mm -hmm. result against them. And that was, that, was, that was really tough. You know, it was tough, tough, tough. And, you know, losing the, you know, drawing with Aston Villa and uh, um, the Bournemouth match. Oh, no, yeah. And then uh, just uh, it was it was frustrating. And then we, we were about to hit a stretch of really difficult games. So um, I was pessimist. I thought I thought we were going to go down just because of the the, the remaining schedule that we had. Um, yeah. But I mean, the positives is, you know, we looked better offensively, even though the goals weren't coming in. We just we couldn't get people to finish, <laughs> you know, and it was good to see. Yeah, it was good to see players like Jahan Bash, and I remember we talked about this Basuma. Like Basuma was, he was hitting a stride, man, and then like he was playing better than I'd ever seen him play. And same with yeah, Jahan Bash. yeah, hundred um, yeah, percent. Yeah, and it's like, it's kind of like you know, dang it, man. Like I, you know, it was just a bummer to to hit this uh, um, this 
this brick wall, you know, so to speak. Yeah, um, I, know, I, mean, and, uh, I felt like Jahanbach, actually, we mentioned he had a little purple patch around about the turn of the year, didn't he? And then yeah. he, for no particular reason, didn't seem to get the games again for a while. But when he yeah. did come in a couple of sub-appearances, he looked good and he impressed. And I had the impression that he was about to come back into the equation a lot more in a positive way. Um, mm. Coupled with what you just said about Basuma, there were, there were signs of hope, I think, that we could get onto some kind of a run, even with some tough games coming up. And, um, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a frustrating moment when the season got um, curtailed. Yeah. But we're, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, there's, you know, we can have a debate on, you know, why, why didn't we go after a striker, you know, uh, when the window was open. And, um, but I mean, it was, like I said, uh, it was a couple dicey games. I mean, the West Ham game was great because, you know, we all thought we were dead in the water, you know, in that one. And we came back yeah. and turned it up 3-3. And the Watford game was a great one because that, was that the game? I think it was the game when Ali Reza came on late and it was an own goal, right? Yeah, it was Watford, 1-1. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then uh, we looked, we looked, we looked really good at you know in the Sheffield match. I mean, and then uh, so we're not we're not playing bad, and the and the goal differentials proves that because we're like you know ours is so smaller compared to everyone else around us in the table. Um, it's just you know, and I, and I know you were feeling really good about that Arsenal game, and I was too, and that was kind of a bummer we couldn't play that one. You yeah, know? I'm convinced <laughs> we were going to win that game. <laughs> Completely convinced. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and. Um, who knows? I mean, you know, it's, there was obviously no guarantee we were going to go down. You know, other results, other clubs have to get results too around us, and um, it was going to be close. Um, but my 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 hope was we were going to stay up and have a good off season and get some good players in, some, maybe a good striker. And and but now that's all gone. Who knows? I don't even know what's going on with the summer window if there will even be one. I don't know. Have they talked about that, Russ? Um, well, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to realign things to, for definite. Um, yeah. There hasn't been a, a a formal announcement as to what that's going to be, obviously, because we don't know timescales yet. But I think the general notion is that the, the transfer window is going to be um, shunted along to whatever isn't a necessary, appropriate new um, timescale. Um, that's assuming that we don't get things concluded on time, which is <clears throat> ever unlikely, um, ever more unlikely. But, yeah, so uh, that, that's right. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's still completely up in the air. But yeah, it, it did feel like um, the Arsenal game felt like something we could we could get a result in. We've got a good record against Man U. We've won the last three top-flight home games against them, uh, one in the 80s and then the, the, the two years previous to this in the yeah. Prem. So, you know, that could have been another game where on our day we could do the business, um, players coming back into form. And yeah, I, I felt hopeful. Um, I felt quietly confident we would get um, to survive, actually, not by a huge margin, but by something of a margin um <laughs> who knows now who knows if we'll even need to even need to <laughs> i know a, it's it really is a 50 50 at the moment isn't it as to well, at least there, at least there won't be any if we don't have a summer transfer window we won't have a one month stretch but we're worried about donkey leaving you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah, our, our annual uh, fear factor moment yeah <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's always happening isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been with us about 10 years now in terms of senior football. So he's, I think he's kind of testimonial sort of uh, um, era now, which is pretty good. I mean, he's, he's certainly our John Terry equivalent. Uh, oh, yeah. So, you know, he's, he's a commanding figure, isn't he? And I wonder, he may end up staying with us for life now. Who knows? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. We would love that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think he just somehow, you've seen it with his lack of call-ups for England, he somehow 
just seems to drop under the radar in some form or other in terms of the, the public psyche and particular in terms of the England managers. And I, I mean, there's people sniffing around, there's people that have asked for him, um, but nothing too sincere and determined from any of the big clubs. And um, consequently, he, he may end up staying with us for the whole of his career. We'll have to see, won't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Stay tuned. I mean, the time has come. Your, your okay. moment of potential... Uh, glory or doom is, is upon you. It is the quiz. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I pre-warned you this is coming, didn't I? And now is the time to commit yourself and see how you do. Um, just to explain to anyone that hasn't heard previous episodes, um, we've started doing this just in recent weeks. We've had Josh of the other podcast um, together, uh, Fame, who's come on and he got 11. Peter got 11. He actually was allowed a retest because of a uh, discrepancy on uh, something to do with the, with the questions so I allowed him a retest and he got 11 again <laughs> so everything's 11 so far <laughs> until Robin came on a couple of episodes ago and he scored 14 <clears throat> and this is out of 15 so that was a pretty good score um, we're going to see how you do I'm not expecting you to get 14 because I think that's pretty much unbeatable really <laughs> but let's see if you can give, give yourself uh, or give a good account of yourself as we like to say here um, if I can get to if I can get to five, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. going to consider I'm going to consider that a win. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, given your lack of longevity as a, as a as an English football fan, um, the question I've tried to tailor it so that it's at least got some kind of you know credence that you'll be able to get some uh, some answers. But let's see how you do with them anyway. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So the format is I'm going to give you ten straight questions. One of them is a missing link round where you just have to fill in the blank. But they're all basically 10 straight questions. And then the other five questions you're able to potentially score are on the who am I round, where I'll give you a series of five clues. You can have one guess per clue. And um, obviously, if you get it on the first go, you get five points. Second go, you get four points, etc. So that comes up later. But here's, first of all, the quick fire round. We'll go on to the main questions. Um, question number one, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. So, it's an international football question, actually. Which country won the first ever FIFA World Cup? FIFA World Cup. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. I'm going to guess. This is a complete guess. I'm going to guess Uruguay. Whoa. If that's a guess, I'm impressed because it's correct. Nice. <laughs> and the only reason why I know that is because, I, like I told you, I watch, you know, I, my World Cup knowledge, I feel, is pretty good. But yeah. My, uh, uh, right. Yeah. Now, if you started ask, if you asked me who won the first Euro, I would, I would know. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I'm not sure I can remember. <laughs> hey, who's doing the questions here? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm on fire. Yeah. I'm on fire, Russ. Keep them coming. Great. You've already avoided disgrace. You've got the, you've got a question right. So. <laughs> there we go. One out of one. Okay. Uh -huh. Question two from the general English football world, and this is a question related to last season. Okay. Who? Oh, sorry. What was the score in last season's FA Cup final, the one we came so close to being involved in, eh? Um, and who won it? So you have to get both bits right to get the point. So what was the score in last season's FA Cup final? Okay, so I know it? it was it was Man City versus Watford, and they won. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to say one. I'm going to say three. Was it three to one? No, it was actually much more merciless than that. It was six nil. Oh, um, which is it. which is actually a, a cup record as well. Okay. Um, well, I, I I knew who was playing. Do I get a half a point? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we've got to do it in solid points this one. <laughs> yeah, just... you've got to get both bits. Yeah, so it would have been easy to guess from there. But... <laughs> <laughs> 
No worries, no worries. One out of two, not bad, not bad. Right, okay. Right. Question three. Which club, again, this might, you might have to guess this, but you might be able to. Which club have won the most European Cup slash Champions League trophies? So which club side are European champions the most? Okay, champions? let me guess. Okay, it's definitely not, are we talking Premier League or European in general? Um, it's, it could be anyone from Europe. In fact, I can ah, tell you okay, it's, okay, okay. Not a, it's not. No, this one, I think I know this one. I'm going to guess uh, Real Madrid. You are correct, sir. Yeah. Two out of three. Nice. Right. All right, I'm on fire. Nice, nice. Okay, right. On to the next one. It's back to England. And which okay. club Which club play their home games at the Hawthorns? The Hawthorns. Oh, the Hawthorns, the Hawthorns, the Hawthorns. <laughs> I'm probably going to get this one wrong, but my best guess is going to be the Hawthorns. I don't know. I'm going to guess Burnley. Yeah, it's a, a decent effort, but it's uh, it's not correct. I'm afraid it's West Bromwich Albion. Um, ah, they will play. I don't know if they played a game against uh, since you've been supporting. I'm trying to remember when West. No, we did. That, that isn't that where Selby March got that uh, that one goal in the uh, FA Cup. I might think of somebody else. Game, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, West Brom. They were in the Prem. They're in the ah. Championship at the moment. And subject to what happens this season, they might be back in the Premier League next year. We'll hey, see. I'm three away from my goal, Russ. I'm, I'm on fire still. It's not bad, is it? Two out of four. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, question number five. All right. Who scored? This is the Albion question, number one. Okay. Who scored Albion's equaliser against Chelsea at the Amex this season? I think you should be able to get this one. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I was, that was my favorite goal of uh, my life. That was, um, <laughs> um, that was Ali Reza. It was indeed, yeah. Yeah. We always throw one and we know you're going to get. That's the one. <laughs> I actually got a funny, real quick, I got a real funny story about that goal. So I was in Arizona visiting my parents, and the game was on, I think, 4.30 my time. So I literally turned it on about two minutes before that goal. I was so lucky I got to see it live, you know? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, there we go. Well, you're on three out of five, and so far you are alternating correct and incorrect answers. So... By the pattern, you might get this wrong, but let's find out. Let's see. Um, question six. Which club are nicknamed the Canaries? The, uh, that's uh, Norwich. It is indeed, yeah. Correct. Wow. Oh, four out of six. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Um, we're moving to Europe for the next one. Europe, which, right. Europe, which European club play their home games at the Allianz Arena? Allianz Arena. I know this because I play a lot of FIFA. That's is that Bayern Munich? It is. Good old FIFA's done you well there. <laughs> I, I, I actually was playing this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well at the Allianz Arena. <laughs> that would be that would be weird. <laughs> right, five out of seven so far, isn't it? I think we've got I'm, uh, I'm on fire, man. Yeah. Um, not bad. Not bad at all. Okay, question number eight. Which club has won the most FA Cup trophies. Okay, this one I have absolutely no idea, but my best guess is, just because this team has been so dominant before I was a fan, I'm going to guess Manchester United. Oh, it's very close. It's not correct, unfortunately. Oh. Um, they've won 12, which is, oh. in fact, the second highest oh. They are one behind the um, the most wins, which is Arsenal. Um, they've, ah. they've had a lot. They've had a a good solid history in the FA Cup, particularly in the uh, latter part of the last century. They had a lot of wins. So, um, 
Yeah, they're, they're top of 13, even under Wenger in his later years. He, he <laughs> yeah. So there we are. Never mind. OK, well, <laughs> on to the next one. So um, this one you may get, it's got an American um, element to the, to the question here. Which current Premier League club does film star Tom Hanks claim to support? Which current Premier League club is Tom? Yeah, you know I um, I, I I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna completely guess. I'm just I'm gonna go with. It's gotta be a big six club, and if it's not, I'd be shocked. And I mean, who knows? It might be, but I'm gonna go with United <laughs> again. Okay. Well, if in doubt, you can always try United, but it is incorrect again. I'm afraid it's Aston Villa. Would you believe? No way! Uh, wow. Which also. Um, Prince William's team, amongst others. See, yeah. I, I I actually knew that. If you would have asked me that, I would have known Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have gone with that, maybe. <laughs> I was trying to be helpful with the American element, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good question. Yeah, and I think Graham Potter's uh, family are all Villa fans as well, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so another celebrity of sorts. <laughs> anyway, there we go. So you're on five out of nine. Let's see if you can get this one right. I think you might be able to. It's another Albion question. Let's do it. It's the missing link round. So I'm going to read out a list of names. There's going to be a pattern. First of all, you can tell me if you know what the pattern represents. But the important bit is to guess the missing, uh, in this case, name of a player. So this is the list. It's Glenn Murray, Pascal Gross, Neil Morpé, Shane Duffy, Blank. That's the one you've got to guess. Um, Jose Izquierdo. Anthony Knockhart and Florin Andoni. So that's a list of names in a particular order for a particular reason. First of all, um, any clue as to what this pattern is? I'll, I'll read them again as well. It's Murray, Gross, Morpé, Duffy, Blank, Izquierdo, Knockhart, Andoni. Well, at first I thought it was international players, and then you said Glenn Murray, so it's not that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not goal scorers this year because Izquierdo hasn't scored this year. Um, it, it is it is goal scoring themed. I'll say that uh, to do with the Premier League as well. Um, well, it may not be this year, and this Guerrero has probably scored goals uh, prior. So I'm just going to say uh, top goal scorers in the team in the Premier League. Yeah, the, it's it's that, that the, is, it's, that it's the order you read them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is correct in terms of the link. Um, you've got to guess the missing name still. So. You've got, yeah, so it's basically the number of goals scored by Premier League clubs. Okay, uh, okay, okay. In the Premier League era, sorry, by our players. Can you say, can you say it one more time? I think I, I might get it. Okay, here we go. So it's Glenn Murray, who's obviously scored the most. Then yes. it's Pascal Gross, Neil Morpé, Shane Duffy, Blank, Jose Izquierdo, Anthony Knockhart, and then Florin Andoni. I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess Lewis Dunk, but I don't think that's right. That's what I'm going to guess. You are correct, actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's correct. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're you on to six out of ten, I think. Did he – has Dunkey – when was the last time Dunkey scored a goal? It was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it feels like a while ago. I'm trying to remember if he scored this year, actually. I don't I've think done this. Um, I'm, I'm trying to sure remember what his last goal was. I can't remember. Yeah, um, not sure. Yeah. Five out of eight, five out of nine. Yes, yeah, so you're on six out of ten then so far. Hey, I'm doing good. Final round. So you've beaten, <laughs> your, you've beaten your target score. That's good. Now you're in with a chance. You'd have to get this on the first go to be joint equal with our current second places, which are Josh and Peter. You've got to equal Josh now. All right. Go for it. 
So I'll this is the who am I round. As I mentioned earlier, I'm going to give you a list of, of clues. After each clue section, you can have a guess. Um, doesn't matter if you get it right or wrong in terms of being allowed other guesses. You'll be allowed a guess per clue. But obviously, if you can get it right on the first one, that would give you the five points to get up to 11. Let's see. Okay. So this, this is going to be something that you could feasibly get. I'll just say that before we start. Okay. okay. Who am I? I am a 44-year-old former left-back. I'm English, and I was born in Solihull near Birmingham. So I'll give you a moment or two to take your time and, uh, and have a think about this. So 44 years old. I was a former mm -hmm. left-back when I was a player. Um, but I'm English, and I was born in Solihull near Birmingham. Hmm. Well... I'll be honest, if they're 44 years old, that means they probably haven't played in the last two years. And uh, Yeah, more than I, that, probably. I, I don't know. I'm stumped. Okay. All right. So, so just a pass at the moment? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the second one. Still the chance of double figures, which would be pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, right. I'm a former Birmingham City, Stoke City, Southampton, West Bromwich Albion, York City and Macclesfield player but I'm better known as a manager or coach. I'm better known as a manager and a coach. Yeah. Remember, this is a 44-year-old Englishman. Uh, I'm from the Birmingham area. Better known as a manager. I'm going to guess, this is a complete guess, and it's probably a bad guess, but I'm going to guess Frank Lampard, because he's one of the only people I know who's a manager now and was a former player. <laughs> uh, okay. I, okay. I could be, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, it's, unfortunately, it is incorrect. Yes, it's not Frank Lampard, although he is obviously a coach, but not uh, not this one. However, on the upside, that will slightly narrow down the options when you hear the next clue. Okay. <laughs> because, um, because Frank Lampard is, of course, a Premier League coach. Well, clue number three is I currently work as a head coach in the Premier League. <laughs> so oh. I currently work as a head coach in the Premier League, and I'm not Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to guess... So he's currently a coach. I don't yeah. even know if this person, and this, this will just show you how amateur my knowledge is, but it's growing. Um, and the reason why I'm guessing this is because this guy just came into my head. I'm going to guess Eddie Howe. Yeah. Yeah. No? Well, decent effort. He's probably about that kind of age, and he is English. Ah, um, that's why that's what I was guessing. I'm like, he's a young guy, you know? Yeah. It's unfortunately <laughs> incorrect. It's a decent effort, but no, it's, uh, it is not Eddie Howe. You're probably going to kick yourself eventually, but I think you'll probably get it on the next clue. Um, here it is. It's, I've been in my current job for under a year, having previously worked abroad and then in the championship. So, so I've been in my current job. Remember, it's a Premier League uh, job for under a year, having previously worked abroad and then in the championship immediately prior to taking this job. That is. Oh, okay. Hold on. So he's previously worked abroad. Yeah, it's not Graham Potter, is it? I'm going to be mad at this. <laughs> it certainly is. Oh man, why did I guess that first? I, I just I, I, when you gave me the first clue about you know 44 years old, he came into my mind, but I'm like, oh, Russ is not going to ask me Graham Potter. He's not going to throw me that. <laughs> one. Oh, I was trying to help you, man. <laughs> I thought you oh, did those things. The clues. Graham and, I, Graham and I share the same birthday too, May 20th, man. Oh really? Oh, yeah, wow. but he, he's uh, he's he's ten years older than me though. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh man, now, now now I'm embarrassed. Oh man, I was 
that's a gutter. That's a gutter. However, that does mean you've scored two points, so you've got eight points overall, which hey, I think I is a pretty decent score. All things considered, you know, not been following the football for that long in terms of club football. Um, yeah. And, yeah, some of the clues might be a bit tough there as well still. So, yeah, so eight points out of 15. The final clue, by the way, was to say my job is in the south of England. I'm pretty sure you would have got it. <laughs> given you know, honestly, when I, when, I, when, I made that, uh, when I made that Eddie Howe guess, I really thought it was him. I'm like, oh, it's got it. Because I know he played in England. He played for Bournemouth. Um, that's about as far as I knew about him. And I knew he was yeah. younger. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Well, you, I, I think, I, I guess with the first one, if you'd have just thrown in, because you didn't do a guess, did you, on your first clue? So if no. you'd have done that, you would have got that right, and you would have got 11, which would have equaled Josh. Wow. Um, it's so funny, because to... I, I thought about Graham Potter, but again, I'm like, oh, there's no way it's Graham Potter, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, you've missed, you've missed your chance, which is, uh, is very Albion. <laughs> I know. I have to say. Hey, I'm going to... I'm going to I'm going to take eight and run, man. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, that's the guy, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's decent. I, I'm pretty sure in the course of time that you'll you won't be bottom of the table. Put it that way. Um, I know. I know. Small people on. Uh, in fact, I've got a nasty feeling when probably Peter or Robin or someone sets some questions for me. They're probably going to give me some cruel ones. So I'm, I'm expecting to end up bottom. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that was, that was, that was really fun, man. I loved it. That was a good time. Oh, that's good. Well, Amir, it's been great chatting to you. Thanks for coming on the show. I know you've been on once before when we did a, a, a podcast that was shared out between um, Josh's Together podcast and, yeah. and, and our one here. Um, but this is the first time you've come on wholly in your own right. And it's good to hear your story. I know I've heard a lot of this already over a few beers, but it's good to, to get, <laughs> get it all down on, uh, on tape, so to speak, and for the other listeners to hear. Hope they've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed being on. And um, we'll have to do another roundtable one with, well, virtual roundtable one with uh, Josh, actually, at some point as this uh, COVID virus lockdown continues. Um, at some point. <laughs> have you enjoyed being on the show? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And uh, thank you for having me. And uh, if any of your listeners want to go on Twitter, I'm at Mile High Seagull, uh, Seagull's uh, Singular. And I have a lot, of, a lot of good pictures from my trip on there and um, just a lot of uh, good pictures of me repping the Albion uh, all over the uh, – Great state of Colorado. <laughs> Brilliant. I noticed you said singular. You've adjusted your Twitter account, man, have you? No, so, so like my name on Twitter, when you click on it, shows up as Mile High Seagulls, but my official at um, is Mile ah, High right. Seagull. Because I think, I don't think I, I don't know why it didn't let me, I don't know. There's a reason why it ended up that way, but I don't know. But I just, I haven't changed it because it's, you know, it's just uh, uh, the way it is. But, I, but I've had some fun. I've made some fun gifts and uh, just kind of, you can see, uh, what I've been doing over the last couple of years. And uh, it's, uh, it's been uh, a fun ride and we're on a hiatus right now. I'm, I'm excited. To, I will be back in England. It's just a matter of time. Um, yeah. I look yeah. forward to that day where I can record a show live with you. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what we'll do next time you're over. We'll have to do that. Let's hope it's quite soon. You did say you wouldn't be able to get over this season, but the way things are going, you might. I know. Yeah. We might be Who resuming knows? in March or something. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, we, um... So, so we'll do that. And we'd love to have you back on the show, either with or without coming over, but hopefully you'll be over soon. And um, we look forward to it. So until then, thanks very much, Amir. Up Thank the Albion. You. And Up the Albion. And uh, please tell Raymond hello for me. I will. Uh, yes, Raymond the Gent. I will tell him you said hello. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Up the Albion stand or fall. Cheers. All right. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.